thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team, and welcome to another episode of The Real Food Reel. Today on the show, we have Charlotte Carr, mother, holistic health coach, and author of Bubba Yum Yum, the paleo way for new mums, babies, and toddlers. Charlotte has a fantastic story to share with us today, so let's get started straight away and welcome Charlotte to The Real. Hi, Charlotte, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Steph. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I'm really excited for you to share your story and if you could start um, from where you think is appropriate and certainly lead us to how and why your career changed to health coaching and more recently cookbook author. Absolutely. Um, So basically it's all come about because my little boy Willow, who was born two and a half years ago, had some digestive issues and, um, you know, I was a first-time mum so I just didn't know how bad they were or um, whether it really was his tummy or, or or what was going on. I just knew that every time I'd feed him, he would just scream and scream and scream and he'd have really bad wind and chronic diarrhea and constantly his little shoulders were up near his ears and he'd be um, kind of crouched over in pain. His little face would go sort of a red purpley colour. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was and it was really horrible because, you know, it's supposed to be this incredibly joyous time and even though it was when that's going on, it's very hard to sort of have a state of relaxation because um, every time I'd feed I'd just wait for it and then it would just go and it would go all night. It was it was definitely much worse at night. Um, we went to the doctors constantly and um, – I think the first time I think it was diagnosed with gourd, so um, like a silent reflux. So we started him on some medications and it did make a difference um, but it certainly wasn't um, fixing what was going on. So um, we kind of were troubleshooting it for a few months and I, you know, I was just up at that chemist or health food store at the doctor's trying to work out what it was, trying different herbal remedies and colic remedies and wind remedies and, you know, I was eliminating everything out of my diet so I was basically just surviving on kind of greens. I I, I thought maybe what I was eating was sort of upsetting him and um, uh, that was really not great for me either because I think, you know, breastfeeding is such an important time to be nourishing yourself and when you pull all those things out of your diet, I was I was a mess um, and I wasn't sleeping because, you know, obviously he was feeding every 45 minutes and just screaming and then to soothe him from the chronic pain, I'd feed him more and it was just like, it was kind of like putting gas on gas on gas and it was sort of not, um, it wasn't great and it wasn't until I got a sleep doctor in to help me because I thought it was a sleep problem. I had convinced myself because I so didn't want it to have anything to do with um, feeding that I that it was just he was a bad sleeper and um, I had been 
I started to, I got so bad that I started to have fits myself because I just hadn't slept for months and um, and obviously my nutrition was was quite poor and looking back now we know also that I had a level of toxicity that was quite extreme and my body was um, having these convulsions and I was just so tired and I called in this night nurse and I had expressed my milk and that was something that I was doing a lot of because um, I'd had so many lactation consultants work with me and they thought maybe it was because, you know, um, <laughs> without being too, um, well, I'm going to be honest, I was I've got quite, quite, uh, I had quite big boobs, so I had to um, lie down while I was feeding him because I just had so much milk. Yeah. And so um, we were trying different feeding styles and positions because we thought maybe he's catching some gas, um, some um, some air, and it was sort of really bad for him, in his tummy and we're just trying to troubleshoot it. So we thought we'd try these different bottles and I tried every bottle on the market and I'd go back up to the baby store and I'm like, the bottle's not working and you know, they're just looking at me like, you are crazy lady. Like it's, you know, they just must have just looked at me and I looked so desperate and anxious. And um, we started to even treat my milk with lactase because yeah. one of the things that we thought was it could be a lactose issue because I'm terribly lactose intolerant and um, and so we thought that and we were treating it. And I think, you know, I think everything made a tiny difference for a, for a small minute, a small moment, but it wasn't until that that night where the sleeping doctor came over and I'd put on the um, the uh, noise cancelling headphones so I could get some sleep because the screaming was just like it was so horrific and um, I wanted to be there but I just needed to get three hours sleep in one hit in one, you know, succession and so she had my breast milk to feed him and she'd given him a really big feed because she thought maybe he's just needing, you know, more than normal because he was a really big boy and, um and, you know, my milk had come in so late as well. And so, she, you know, we're just trying to work out what might be going on. And I remember going in because I just thought I can't hear him scream. I'm going to go in there. Like what? I've got to get up and went in and um, I looked at her and she said, honey, this isn't a sleeping issue. Something's going on with his tummy. Mm. I've tried everything. I've tried every technique and it's and it's something is going on. He's incredibly distressed and you need to see a pediatrician. And it was like I just needed someone else to say that. I didn't. I don't know what it was, maybe because I had already started to feel like such a se- like such a sense of deep failure around it um, and around the feeding and the fact that something I was doing was causing him pain and it's hard to get your head around as a mother that that's, that could be happening or that he wasn't digesting my milk very well and, you know, it was, um, it was, it was pretty full on. And the first paediatrician I saw sort of said he's overfed um, he was really old school. He's overfed. He needs to go straight on to formula. And I just was like, oh, that can't be, that can't be right. And he was sort of like, it was a little bit cocky and he's a bit like, oh, well, I treat these, I do, I go, you know, I'm treating this every day and it's, you, you're giving them too much milk and I bet you're co-sleeping and all this sort of stuff. And I was right. like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the right doctor for me. Um, and so I went home and we kept up with the, you know, the, 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 the feeding through the bottles and the lattes. And then I'd, you know, try and do skin on skin. Cause I thought maybe that's, I mean, it was just, we were going in absolute circles and then it all came to an apps. It all came to a standstill when I had a really shocking convulsion and it was just, it was just out of control. And I remember just, I was just so upset and I knew that, um, we were both getting, it was just getting to the point where, where do you where do you just stop and kind of go, what can we do? And um, 
you know, I think the universe has this incredible ability to put yourself in the right place at the right time or send people your way that'll just fix something or have another have another way of helping you and I I'd, around about this time it's also conf- I'm also confused at the times because there's so much going on yeah. but I, yeah I remember I'd started wheels on a goat milk formula and um and it'd been going pretty well like it was nowhere near as extreme a reaction as to when he was on my breast milk but at that time as well, Wills' little hands had started sort of trembling back and forth. Mm. He sort of seemed to always have that though. From the beginning, um, there was this heightened alertness, I'd call it. Um, I remember someone explaining it to me as being tuned up and um, he'd started tapping his head a lot constantly like and opening and closing his fists and blinking his eyes and and then getting his tongue and sort of licking his fingers against it and blinking his eyes. And I thought, oh, goodness, what's, what's this? Like mm. this isn't normal. And my, my GP at the time sort of, she didn't seem to, she just thought it would be a little developmental thing that was going on and explained that these things just sort of usually sort themselves out. But then she saw him doing it and she thought she just sent me up to this um, cranial therapist and she's also an osteopath and a chiro practitioner. And she took she had three minutes with Willow and then she put something on his gut and he did it really intensely and then she closed the door and she said, oh, honey, your little boy is stimming. And I just was, I just was like, I knew, I'd heard the word stimming and I only knew it was associated with autism. So I just was like, what do you mean? And we talked about when it had started and how it had progressed and that it was happening, you know, it was just getting worse and worse and worse and it certainly had been getting worse Um since he'd been on the goat milk formula and I and I and she explained to me um that I needed to see another pediatrician perhaps one that was integrated and works yeah. in this line and you know she said look it's just we're seeing this with so many children chronic diarrhea toxic toxic poo like the smell is just rancid the stimming um the repetitive movements and it was only a little baby like he was only he was probably 20 weeks old when all this was happening and she was very confident. She said, it's okay, we're going to get him in the right hands and I saw this other paediatrician and she agreed absolutely he was stimming but she was very confident, very young. There's so many things that we can do and we started like a treatment of um, biomedicine and um, he was taking some supplements and they also explained immediately and this was constantly discussed with me about the relationship between the neuro and the gut yeah. and the gut being the second brain and that we needed to go in and heal his tummy. Um, around about the same time I found myself at local, um, my local health food store and I think I was picking up some tea for me and um, the naturopath there said, you know, what are you doing with feeding? And I said, I'm just, I'm at my wit's end. And I had tried a commercial, an organic commercial formula from the states that I had brought over because I had to be really careful because then all of them were saying absolutely no soy, absolutely no dairy, um, no, and then no, um, they also wills had MTHFR so they were saying you can't have these certain um, ingredients in there. No folic acid. Yeah, Yeah. no folic acid and I was just like what is going on, like seriously? And the options were just limited and um this naturopath said have you heard about this formula on the western a price website it was developed by mary inig she's a biochemist scientist from the states it's been around since the 70s she said i've actually used it very effectively with so many patients that are going through 
like she's heard this story so many times with these mothers with these children that aren't feeding well they're not they're not thriving they're not they're in dis- digestive discomfort that and they need their guts healed and I started to research online and it kept coming up the same story the broths um the 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 liver and a lot of mums online saying this has been incredible so I thought well I'm going to give it a shot because we're at about the five month mark and it was just I just needed something and it was incredible because I remember coming home and just making the decision and telling my husband this is what I'm going to do and he sort of looked at me like oh, <laughs> you need some sleep you are insane um, but at the same time I just knew like I just had this knowingness that I couldn't I just the other the other the list of ingredients in the um in the in the prescription formulas I just frightened me with the corn syrups and the other numbers and things that I was like well, how can I make that jump from breast milk to that and it's not a comment on anybody who chooses to to use a formula that's not what this is about it was just about for me just wanting with this gut issue to to seal the gut and heal mm. the gut and choose a whole foods option um and we did. We fed it to him and it was like he just looked at me like, what on earth have you been giving me and why hasn't this been what's been, <laughs> why haven't I been having this from the get-go? And he was calm and it was like it was the most incredible thing and he slept. He just, he, he still had some discomfort because obviously he had really a lot of gut issues going on but it was so different. It was just so different and it was like this blessing for me mm-hmm. But then the idea as a mum every day making this, I was just sort of like my hands on my head and I was so anxious. Like I was just, what have I gotten myself into? But you can, when you see the result so quickly and so strongly and you, and you, you know, and, and the other thing, he had just been, he was a vomiter. Like he was a, that we had a plastic rug that we'd have to put down because there was just vomit everywhere at all times. Um, so he just, yeah, and I guess, this just led me into the, I guess, the knowingness and the relationship as being a mother saying what I'm going to put into this little boy is really going to either, it's he's either going to thrive on it or he's it's going to really mess him up. And um, I just started to really look at the whole foods options, look at the, the traditional ways of, of healing children with with issues, talk to naturopaths, talk to integrated doctors. And that was one of the most incredible steps in our um, success with Willow and the healing of him was finding the team of doctors who were looking very deeply at it. They were looking at my um, genes, looking at Wes's genes. We were doing sort of um, uh, um, saliva samples to work out um, the, the genes and the metal toxicity by hair samples and willow with hair samples and then um, ordering things like bio screens, you know, after one a year of chronic. I mean, he had chronic diarrhoea for two years. It's, there's no doubt about that. But um, the difference now is is amazing. Like he's such a healthy little boy and his stools are so great and he's really well. And But the, the bio screen that we had done um, showed that Will's had not one strain of lactobacillus in his gut. It just didn't even exist. And I'd been giving him probiotics since birth. So it's amazing that even though you can be doing these things, sometimes they're not the right ones and sometimes they don't hold well. And so we started to do things like, you know, adding in the juice of fermented foods into his diet and the daily broths and the new formula. And, he, I mean, to be honest, he only stayed on that drink um, 
probably for about four months and then he was done. He was like, ah, oh, no, I don't want it anymore. Mm. And he was getting it all through his solid foods. He was getting such dense nutrition and, you know, we had started out, Willow. I remember that one thing that that pediatrician had told me, the very first one, he was not really my way of thinking and said, you know, put him straight off, get him straight off the boob, get him straight onto um, commercial formula. And he had a tin of he had a tin there waiting and ready to give me, and um, I just found the whole thing quite unusual. But he um, he suggested rice for Willow. He said he's a big boy; he needs more food. Give him this rice, and it was like a I think it was an organic rice mix. And Will's was just in a state of absolute chronic pain from it. And I thought this this isn't going to be the right way for Will's like. He was pretty clear that he had some toxicity going on and, you know, we had a lot of cleaning up to do. But at every stage with the integrated practitioners, they were very clear that we could do it with, with you know, an amazing diet for, for Willow and that's been the case. So that's kind of brought us up to now where, you know, um, knowing that there's just all these other types of ways of, of healing and, and, and traditional and, you know, things that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years um, sure, we can't often go into the store and just buy them off the shelf, but you can kind of make them and create them and get into the kitchen and nurture and heal. And um, I went to this amazing lecture the other day, Natasha Campbell McBride, and we certainly took a GAPS approach with Willow as mm-hmm. well. And she sort of said to, you know, the days of feeling like it is a burden to be in the kitchen are over. We need to get in there. And she said it's 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 not going against the feminist movement, but it's about that role of femininity and and being in there and using cooking as a way of showing you care and love and you're involved in your family's um, health. And I just loved that. I was like, that is so beautiful, you know, to think that we can we can spend our time and nurture our families like in the traditional ways. And, yeah, so I guess that's kind of brought me to, to here because I went and um, when all this was going down I started to, take photos on Instagram and I thought you know there's got to be so many other mums that are up at night just like me on the internet trying to troubleshoot what on earth is going Mm -hmm. on and there's a massive community online and so many mums all being told no gluten no casein it's the first thing you're going to be told if your child's stimming absolutely they don't want those you know um they don't want those ingredients in their bellies and we're also to go in and heal them and so I would just hashtag you know gluten-free or casein-free or GFCF and no dairy and kind of by default, I guess that's paleo as well. Um, And then looking at the really good fats, I remember the doctor saying to me, you know, we need to make sure we've got great um, high vitamin cod liver oil in Willow's diet. We need to do, you know, the list of, you know, the beautiful egg yolks and the, um, for the coline and just going through how he, how we could get the beautiful nutrition into him and that, it was wonderful that I had a doctor helping me do that as well, as well as everything I was finding online and then, of course, the beautiful Western A. Price and Sally Fallon's books and things like that. Um, and then Wes had been my husband. He's a singer-songwriter and um, he was at a a night with Jess Ainscoff, beautiful Jess, and um, Pete Evans was there and Wes had actually told Jess what we were doing in our lives to heal Willow and what was going on with Willow and I was I was a bit taken aback because I was in the audience sort of just going, oh, yeah, okay. But then Pete started following me and then we started talking about what role food was playing in Willow's life and um, integrated practitioners and um, 
the different people that we were using and he said, you know, would you like to tell me your story? And I told him and I wrote it all down for him and and we sort of became friends and Wes and Pete were great mates and and then I just, one day out of the blue Pete said sent me an email and he said, would you like to co-author a book with me? <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, what? <laughs> I wanted to say no so bad so I wrote yes really quickly because I thought I can't do this. I'm a mum. I'm a working mother. I've just come out of this major storm in my life. I'm, you know, I haven't even really truly begun my healing process with myself. I, I can't do this. So I wrote yes because I thought if I don't write yes now, I'm going to say no because that's that's what that I was going to go into fear. Mm. And so I wrote yes really quickly and then I just sort of squealed and went, what on earth have I done? I don't even know how to write a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was amazing because, like, he was just obviously loving that I was exactly exactly who would buy his book, you know, yes. because I want whole foods. I want real foods. I want easy recipes that are fun, that are beautiful. Um, and what we what we thought when we talked about it was that, you know, the one thing that we felt was lacking in the market was one place where there was complete whole foods um, and, 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 you know, gluten and casein-free foods that with, with photos that really popped off the page. And, um, there was some amazing textbooks out there with information and 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 then Pete had gotten back to me and he said, look, I've got this lady, Helen Patteron, and I thought Helen Patteron's an absolute rock star. I'd been following her on her page and she'd given, we found out, Helen and I last week found out the first time I commented on her Instagram page was 96 weeks ago and I said, Helen, how do you make these squishies? And she said back to me, you know, they're on the link in my Facebook page and we'd actually connected that long ago. And she was great. She'd always ask me how well I was traveling and would give me some advice. And she's just terrific. And so we sort of all came together and we wanted to write this this book and um, really the book that I guess I wanted to read when everything happened yeah, with Will. But but also the book that perhaps I needed to read before I fell pregnant, um, dealing with the the, the, the things like the MTHFRs and the toxicity that must have been in my body um, and looking at a diet to clean up, um, to, to have you in your best and, and most fertile state, you know, and the bloods that needed to be taken to, to look into things that may, may be flags of um, things that might come up for you. And, um, yeah, so we made sure we put all that in the book and going into the reasons why we believe that children need the great fats and um, where to get that from and also a guide as to, you know, what, what foods are appropriate at what age and, and to the amounts. And um, so we made this gorgeous book and we made it just by ourselves and then um, and then Pete's publishing company came on board, Plum, and then obviously, you know, Everything exploded with the recipe that we included in the book. That was for the um, do-it-yourself formula and that was the recipe that was the Western A Price recipe but it had been appropriated and we'd used less liver in the in the original one. Um, but people had some really, really, really major concerns over the recipe and Plum wanted to wait and they held the book and then we decided that we wanted to release it on our own so we got released from our contract and we went forward and we 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 did what we needed to do to apply all the things that needed to be done um to make everyone happy and we went out online and did it ourselves with and knowing that we are also going to have a 
print version coming out in the next couple of months. Yeah, right. So it's an ebook at the moment. Ebook, yeah. Online and it's in 51 countries, which is the one thing that we probably wouldn't have done before as well. I mean, I had someone from Egypt contact me two nights ago. Oh, wow. Isn't that bizarre? That's cool. Mm. And uh, she was saying, you know, her kids hadn't had vegetables for two years. She just, they're really picky eaters. And we talk about gut dysbiosis in the book and, you know, maybe opening up their palate and changing the, um, the, the gut bacteria and, you know, at the same time, often we find with fussy eaters that's something that's going on as well. And she said she'd been trying the ferments and that they were actually responding and they had two servings of um, some some beautiful vegetable dumplings that we have in the book. And she was just blown away and I was like, God, that email just made my day because, yeah, sure. you, you know, that's all you need to hear is a little bit of um, feedback from mums like that and you just know you're on you're on track. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So it's Bubba Yum Yum, the paleo way for new mums, babies and toddlers and it's available online at this stage? Yeah, online. Beautiful. So we'll pop the links in the show notes. I absolutely love your story and I think would love to hear more around what you're doing at the moment with your day-to-day nutrition strategies and certainly the practical side of things so that we can all learn how to make it work for us. Yeah, and that's one of the things, Steph, like because I'm a you know, working mum and I felt so overwhelmed and was at the beginning I spent so much time in that kitchen and it wasn't kind of making me feel good, you know, like so because I just was I felt a little bit like overextended in terms of you got to work and then kitchen. And I think every mum feels that. So one of the things that I really, really recommend is just like an hour of power in the kitchen and that's once a week and it's just we've got it in the book and it's it's my way of just getting super organised for the week. So I do my broth. I make a really big broth so that, you know, um, once that's done the next morning I just bottle it up and I've got enough in the freezer and enough in the fridge to get us through the week. And then if I just come home and I've got, you know, five, ten minutes to get something on the plate, if I'm cooking it up in, up in a beautiful broth, one, it tastes absolutely delicious. Two, it's got all the things in it that Will's needs. And it's just like a kind of like a big superfood that I can add to his meal even if it's just sausages or something that I'm putting together with some vegetables it's it's adding that in that's going to take two extra minutes um to sort of give that meal a little more something um and then in that hour of power as well I'll prep my fermented vegetables I'll just choose a different one every week that I prep and get ready and then I'll do things like make a beautiful mayonnaise I'll put together a pesto or a dip or something that I can add to meals that again is just something that I can add onto the plate to make it, you know, just a, a, a better version of what it would be if I didn't have that hour in the kitchen that once a week. Um, and I just always make sure I'm I'm sort of prepped. I've got loads of um, vet, like even if I get the mandolin, I just chop up a whole lot of carrots and celery and um, do a like prep like that. I know during the week I can just add a pesto or. Or a, or a dip to it and Wills has got snacks for the whole week ready and waiting. Um, soup's always good and then I just choose one big meal and I make it in bulk and uh, that's it. Again, it's all done in the hour and and that sort of sets me up for the week so I can know that there's things on hand. But I do need that hour. I definitely would say that's something I commit to every single week um, and it just means that I'm spending, I always say let's spend less time in the kitchen and more time for cuddles and it just that's, that's just awesome. Um, and then every morning I just, with Wills, we 
do it together. He's two now, so he loves being in the kitchen. And I think that's one thing, getting them involved and getting them hands on with their food, getting them to know what it is. We go shopping together. We he, He's gorgeous. Like we can go to the markets and he knows all the vegetables and he knows why they're good and why we eat that, but then we don't eat that. He's constantly saying to me, Mummy, we don't eat dairy. <laughs> I'm like, I know, Baba. He goes, I get sore tummy. I'm like, I know, Baba. Um, so I've been really clear in having the conversations with him. And, um, you know, we, we face things that other parents do, like when we go to birthday parties and there's, you know, everything's on offer. And, I, you know, I just talked to Willow about it. We took our own gummies to our last birthday party and he shared them all around with his friends and they loved it. And they were like, what is this? And I'm the shape of dinosaurs. And they all thought it was really cool and you know, Willow wanted some sandwiches. I was like, well, we won't have the sandwiches, but we can have this and let's put this on the plate with it. And we just work it out. And um, yeah, so in the morning, I just make sure before a day that he's got loads of fats in his diet. So we'll kind of look at having, you know, either coconut water with the meat or I've just found a really, really nice coconut milk that's made in Sydney that's beautiful. Um, I think it's by Inside Out and I've been using that and loving it. And so is Will's. And we'll have that in a smoothie and we'll have some raw greens and some macadamia nuts and so we've got some gelatin in there. And, you know, he goes through his fussy stage too every now and then and if he's being fussy, I'll put some cold broth in his smoothie and hide it in there. Um, he has big, big handful of blueberries or any berries that we've got in the freezer. Um, we might go outside and um, grab some fresh herbs um, and he has some little tiny little pinch of chia seeds um, what else goes in there? Oh, if he needs any supplements, like if he's doing any herbs, we've just had him on the protocol for um, Dianomyba species, which is one of the things that we found in his gut through the bioscreen. And so we've the doctor made a, a herb mixture up for Wills. So we've been doing that. And, um, and then he might even have some probiotics and some kefir in that smoothie. And that all gets chucked in. It takes us about a minute to just chuck it all in. And put it together and I just know, but that gets that actually gets him through to lunch. He doesn't snack. That's one of the good things about the diet too with toddlers because you've got toddlers that just constantly need filling up and he's because he's on the fats, he's really full. Mm. Um, and I that's, that's actually been the, uh, one really amazing thing to watch because he's doing a couple of days at daycare and they're like, well, what will he snack on? What will he snack on? I said, just food, like vegetable sticks or you know, um, I can make some tahini or whatever, but generally he doesn't snack. And I think they're really quite concerned. They're like, well, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I think because, you know, for some reason real food is seems to be a fad when it's really the opposite opposite way bizarre. around. <laughs> Steph, isn't it bizarre? Like they think they look at you like, and like this is a big example and I'm not dissing them because they're amazing and we're all learning and this is a massive learning curve for all of us. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Last week they were going to put, um, you know, Mama's making canton, the chicken. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So and they, and they said, oh, can Wheels have this? And I said, oh, I, I'd really, no. <laughs> no, he can't. Um, I said, but what is going to be beautiful? I took down the coconut oil. I said, cook his chicken in this. And I said, then just put some lemon on top and he's going to love that and some Dolce Flakes. And they just looked at me like I was so strange. But I was like, how can I be the strange one? How can this be the strange concept when this here has so many numbers, preservatives, additives, it's not real food. It's not not even alive. Like so it's really interesting just um, um, and I don't want to be that mum that's 
pouring information down their throats. So every day I'm just saying a little bit more and I've gifted the recipe book to them so that they can have, because it would be very strange for them knowing how to cater for these certain diets as well. So it is it is a big learning curve for all of us. Um, but, yeah, the fact that real food is is a strange concept is it just gives you an just gives you an idea of how 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 twisted things have come to yeah. think that the real food comes out of a box and it comes out of a can and it's and that's quick when I'm like seriously if you do that one hour in the kitchen a week I'm I'm barely in there now I'm just looking at fresh produce thinking about what what can I add to the plate to just give it a bit more of a kick you know a bit more. Uh, nutrient density and 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 where am I going to get? Where's he going to get his good fats from? It's just <laughs> the same questions all the time. Yeah, I think that's a good outlook, though. I mean, you obviously had quite the journey as we all do, but I think the one thing that I keep picking up on is that you've found a way to keep it simple, and I think that's yeah. a really really important message because real food is as simple as something that comes off a tree out of the ground or from an animal. And I think that if we keep that perspective, particularly as we start our journey, that it can make it so much more manageable and and certainly uh, as little overwhelm as possible. Absolutely, and you've and and that's it. And you've got to remember too, because obviously my focus is um, very much on this uh, on children yeah. and um, infant feeding and and first foods and everything like that. And I think sometimes with parents whose children have unfortunately not had this first step um, into like how how I was just thrown into it so quickly, it can be hard because they can be fussy eaters or they won't be eating anything. And I always say, look, let's not look at what they're not eating. Let's, let's Let's work out what they do like, and let's try and and appropriate it, or or tweak it, or whatever it is. Like last week, I had one of my clients um, putting avocado and coconut water into some and and, and into some popsicles and um, making an ice cream because she just couldn't get this into the into their um, little one, and. She called me in tears going, I just cannot believe that just by thinking slightly different, we've gotten all that into them. And so they had this gorgeous icy pole. And I think we put some um, gabinge in there as well, um, which is the, you know, the beautiful kakadu plum, highest source of vitamin C on the planet and happens to come from the Kimberleys in Australia. And, and, and you know, this little bubba has just been chronically unwell but only wants to eat potatoes. That's all they want to have, potatoes and pasta. And so, you know, we're slowly, slowly, slowly making little steps. And then I said, you know, they, now they're starting to sprinkle some beautiful dolls onto their – they're still having the pasta. That's okay. Um, but we're getting other things in there and they're cooking it in broth. And just little tiny things like that, making little baby steps. Yeah, um, for sure. Because it's it, – it you know – we can't do it all at once because it's too overwhelming and particularly as parents and it's too much. We've just got to do baby steps and no judgment and just try and get that real food into them and get the kids in the kitchen and get the beautiful food into them. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. I think taking it as an evolution is is a really great view. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can be so overwhelming and, you know, the advertising on television, it's not like the kids are sitting around seeing everyone going to the farmer's markets in every ad, you know, it's it's on the shelf and it's packaged and it's processed. So that's what they're seeing. But if we, you know, if we just start that gentle, gentle conversation, you know, going to the markets is a beautiful thing to do as a family and, you know, picking up the produce and knowing your farmer and, 
you know, there's a bigger picture here, particularly, you know, eating mainly vegetables and, you know, we we can we can create a beautiful change get the farmers to pay their rents and it's 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 a good it's a good thing you know eating going back to this beautiful just clean clean diet yeah lovely message now you've given us lots of good ideas um as to how you feed the family but i just wanted to sort of put it together into maybe what a day looks like with breakfast, lunch and dinner, if you could run us through an example or two of, of what a day on your plate looks like, please, Charlotte. Absolutely. So basically the morning's just so easy. We either do the we either do um, eggs cooked in a little bit of broth with some dulse sprinkles and some a side of ferments, which is, again, the ferments have already been made, so it's just a matter of grabbing those, putting them on a plate, whisking up two eggs, I think a two-minute job. Um, and then, or we have the smoothie, which I love because it, I just know that if Wills has had that, it's got all those beautiful fats in there. Um, and then, you know, I, we're not really snacking. So we, we then go, we just, that it'll take Willow through to lunchtime and Wes and I can actually probably get through to two in the afternoon on it, which is great when you're working. And so then we'll have, it's most likely something like a soup, um, based on a broth or a salad or, um, or an omelette or something like that or some pate or, um, yeah, it's just really simple basic food. Um, and then dinner, again, look at uh, a really good, beautiful wild uh, fish or um, a good piece of meat, good amounts of fat. Always we've got lots of avocados. That is something that we will have for a snack, half an avocado with some gorgeous olive oil or balsamic vinegar and some nice salt. Um handful of nuts or some cashew butter or something uh, and yeah dinner I get lots of vegetables cook, cooked up in broth or, a, or or I love stews I mean now is the easiest time to feed a family because it's slow cooking time because of the it's getting colder you can just pop it on at lunchtime and the other good thing I love about stews and slow cooking or curries is you can get so many vegetables in there. Um, I did one last night and we put pumpkin and sweet potato and leek and it had ginger and turmeric and coconut cream and broth and chicken and the really cheap, um, the chicken, the cheap uh, chicken cuts that week at the butcher and because it's slow cooked, it just falls off the bone. It's absolutely beautiful um, and some herbs from the garden. So, yeah, I'm... I'm pretty, pretty big on the slow cooker at the moment and slow cooking and stews and curries and soups. And um, last night, to give you an idea what Will's have for dinner, we came home and pretty much you can guarantee I've got my slow cooker on pr- always <laughs> and it's just I just change it up and, change, you know, rinse it out and start again. It's just this thing that's just on repeat. But we came home and I had a beautiful broth on and we'd been to the market yesterday morning. I picked up a gorgeous cauliflower. And I picked up beautiful broccoli and we had some um, Spanish onion. So I just fried off the Spanish onion with some beautiful broth, added in some garlic, just popped in the cauliflower and the broccoli with the broth, brought it to the boil, blended it up in the Vitamix and Willow had soup. It took, it literally took maybe five to ten minutes. Yeah, great. And it's just like two, you know, two or three ingredients straight from the farm farmer's markets to Willow's belly by that night. We all yeah. have, we all loved it. A simple, easy, fresh, and I think don't comp- don't complicate it. Just keep it really um, 
really basic, you know, your pantry, stock it with herbs, they're your best friend and you'll obviously have ferments in there as well and um, and then your fresh produce. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly no reason to go to the supermarket at all. There's just no reason, is there? No, not not at all. Some great ideas in there and I love the, the practical way you've managed to make it work within your family. So I hope our listeners can learn a lot from that. Um, I'm just thinking back to the position that you were in when Willow was quite unwell and, and some of the challenges that you went through. Yeah. What would be the number one piece of advice you'd give to a, a mother or a family in a similar situation? Look, the first thing is be gentle on yourself. I, um, I, the level of the level of fear and failure I felt was just so overwhelming, and it's not going to help you. Kind of, if you're putting that 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 pressure on yourself, you're not going to help yourself. So it it's to, it is to nurture and nourish yourself, but also find an incredible integrated practitioner, integrated practitioners that are in your area that are working with families that have been through this before because the problem is a lot of GPs and and they're they're incredible but if they're not trained in this um approach then they they just don't perhaps get the things done like the bio screens and looking deeper at the bloods and what's going on with the toxicity in the hair and all that sort of stuff um so build was, your team huh find your team yeah. it is apps it's so important you know find the nutritionist you want to work with that's going to and 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 people that you you trust and um i am so you know goodness me and i'm so blessed to have her in my life but even just finding someone like helen patteron or yourself that people that can just guide you to get the you know to get the right foods into these babies and yeah. and 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 find the support and and remember and this is so important but it does it it does take a village to raise a child so you need to make sure that you've got really good members of your village around yeah. you you know yeah we, but not having to do it on your own as well yeah. to share that journey and to certainly Absolutely. share some of the overwhelm or at least um, have those people that are, are, are trained to take you through that journey to guide you through. Absolutely. I was, and I'm a, I'm a bit of a martyr. Like I'm not anymore because I've given it up because I ha- you know, you children force you to have to surrender. Mm. It is the biggest, biggest life lesson in surrendering. And I just couldn't control this situation. Yeah. And I've been probably a bit of a control freak my whole life. So I, I was faced with complete scenarios that I just didn't know how to fix. And that is the, that is, you know, that is so true and that you find those find the find the team and get the support and and just remember food is from the ground and or is from an animal and it's it doesn't have to it should be it should be as fresh as we can get it and and also you're doing an amazing job like regardless if is they're so mothering is so weirdly competitive or something it's you know someone says to me oh you'll hate me because I'm doing this I'll never, I, I would never hate you for anything it's just like yeah, I get that too <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, if I ever but like if you are wanting a, you know I always say just just maybe add it in look at things that you can add in don't yeah get into the habit of feeling guilty about what you're doing you're doing an amazing job because the most important thing is love is the vitamin love like yeah, vitamin l <laughs> yeah and then yeah. the other stuff is a bonus and you know just i don't know we've got to go back to that that village thing where we just support each other and you know if someone's had a baby drop off a meal like yeah They'll get they'll get booties from elsewhere or, or little beanies, but just oh, and they probably have like a thousand yeah. pairs. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all about going back to basics again. Yeah. Isn't it? 
Yeah, no, I really love your message. I think with the the controversy that was yep. surrounding the book initially, I felt like, you know, at least I was hoping that the actual message wasn't being caught up or lost in that because yeah. it really is that gentle approach that is what is required and small substitutions, little yes. changes make all yes. the difference. That's that's absolutely true and, you know, I, we stand really proud with the book and yeah. we never let it rock us because yeah. at the end of the day our truth is our truth, our stories are our stories and if that one, like that one email from Egypt that is worth, I don't care what they say about us in the papers. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We've got to change the face. And the fact that a discussion in this country has been started about children's nutrition, then that's okay. Even if it meant maybe dragging our names through the mud in the process, at least that's happening. I think you're right. The conversation needs to be had. And and certainly when we look at the big picture, all we're saying is nutrient-dense whole foods and that there, there is an approach to make it practical and sustainable for the family. So I absolutely love that message and, and thanks for sharing that uh, with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Steph. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I'd love to um, find out what's next for Charlotte Carr or what you're doing with the book or anything, any exciting projects coming up yeah. in the rest of the year. I guess what I'm going to be doing now is we're going to print um, and that's going to be really exciting because I'm going to go around Australia with the book and be doing demonstrations and, you know, probably some um, events with Helen as well because it's very well to read something in a book but sometimes you need things done in front of you or um, you just need someone to hold your hand. So yeah, we'll be sure. doing, yeah, yeah, we'll be doing lots of workshops and lots of um, interacting with people who are asking questions about children's nutrition. Um, um, I've started making some videos as well, just sort of explaining our um, what we're doing and how we get our food and, and I'll be starting to do lots of the recipe making and things like that as well. Um, and then I'm going to be focusing on my next book, which will be absolutely focusing on first foods for children. We've got a beautiful section in the book on it for six to 12 months, but I'm going to do an entire book dedicated to um, those those first few state those first few um, months into into food and um, finding you know the most beautiful uh, nutrient dense gentle foods that we can give our children in yeah, an easy awesome. accessible way. Yeah, I think there's um, definitely a missing gap there, and and I'm sure many mothers um, are going to be waiting patiently for that guidance. So yeah, yeah, I love that project. Can't wait to see how it turns out. I can't wait either. Awesome. And before we wrap up today, where can our listeners find you, Charlotte? Uh, I'm at BubbaYumYum.com. I'm on Facebook as well as Bubba Yum Yum and Instagram, Bubba Yum Yum. It's all Bubba Yum Yum. Yeah, cool. Uh, all yeah. right. So we'll pop all the links in the show notes and um, a link to your story so people can learn more and continue to follow your journey. Um, we thank you for your message and for your time today and it's been great to have you on The Real. Thank you so much. Thanks. I hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.